Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Benzinga Live. We have a packed show today, as always. Um, Coming up right now will be Ben uh, we will be talking about a new pick from his. Um, of course, Ben is the one that gave us air from live trading um, or story trading, sorry, and air just skyrocketed after he came on the show and pitched it. So excited about his new pitch. After that, we will have uh, Neuroscene CEO Ron Bath. And then after that, Matterport CEO RJ Pittman. Nick Shaheen will be joining us at 1.30. And somewhere squeezed in between there, we will get to some live Benzinga trivia should be a great fun informative day so without further ado let's go ahead and get the show started let's hit this is Benzinga live Spencer Israel and producer AB what's up everybody how are we doing someone told me buy high sell higher let's get Matt Hammond on the show talk to my POs Jake Wujasek from Trend Spider we have a breaking news Ben, how is it going? It's great to get you back on the show. Apologies for, uh, did you tell me how to pronounce your last name? I always mess it up. Yeah, Rabizadeh. Rabizadeh. That's it. Am I doing it right? That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to go ahead and get your screen share. We will get your slideshow up and we'll get to your new stock pick. Um, again, Ben is the one that brought us air, DRIO, um, SMSI. So, Ben, I'm excited to learn what your new pick is. I know the rest of our audience is. Um, so let me know when you have your screen shared, and I'll go ahead and pull it up. Okay, sounds good. Uh, hope you're holding up in the market turmoil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a quick note before we start off. I mean, um, let me bring my screen back up here. Spy is up right now, almost 2%, so a strong day. We look at these daily candles after a couple um, red days. The, the spy is coming back, so it's good to see the markets bouncing back today after a couple red days, like I said. Um, buy the dip. Worked again, Ben. Great. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. So uh, thanks for having me back again. Uh, we have uh, been a problem with the flickering there? Yeah. Um, you want to try refreshing your screen maybe, and, and we'll see what happens. All right. Looks like we've got it. No flickering this time. Here we go. There we go. Quick disclaimer, story trading is not an investment advisor. Investing in securities involves significant risk of loss. So I have a new pick. It's a COVID play. Uh, this is actually a story trading VIP pick as of a few nights ago, Monday night. Let me li- tell you a little bit about how I got into this before I reveal the name. Last Friday it was Black Friday and the market was in turmoil. There was that new COVID variant that came out and I had a COVID watch list that I've had from a long time ago back in the day. The first time this happened. So I caught a stock there that uh, caught my eye. I said, let me do this for a quick day trade. In fact, I day traded a couple stocks that day. Um, I ended up holding the stock on Friday because I liked the trading action. And then Friday, right after the market closed, I started researching it, did some fundamental research. I really liked what I saw. I ended up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day this week, adding to my position, adding to my position, adding to my position. It is now my largest position on my portfolio. It's the only stock I've been adding in this market turmoil, turmoil environment. It's been pretty much up every day since Friday. So what is that COVID play, that new VIP pick? Ticker symbol XSPA, Express 
Spa. That's right. This is a company whose core business is, or I should say was, spa services in airports. Uh, X-Spa was almost decimated from COVID. They almost disappeared. Their stock price went to a split-adjusted 15 cents before they completely reinvented themselves. I have a really exciting, good, comprehensive presentation for you. I'm going to try to go through it as quickly as I can because I know you have other guests. But stay tuned till the very last slide because I got a mic drop on the very last slide about Xpa. All right. So Express Spa, as I said, started as a spa, but they reinvented themselves. What did they do here in the past year and a half? They created an umbrella group, Express Spa Group, and created two subsidiaries, Express Check, which is the COVID play that we're going to talk about, and also Treats. So now they have three components, their legacy business, Express Spa, Express Check for COVID checking at airports, COVID testing, and now this new service, Treat, which we'll get into a bit later. So Express Check, maybe you've seen it at some of the airports. This is uh, what it could look like at some of the setups in the airport. This is their major business. Now, before I get into the story, I want to show you the chart. What's the story behind the XFA trade? What we try to do with story trading is understand price action through the four pillars of sentiment, catalyst, fundamentals, and technicals. And you can see here, I've annotated some things here. We had the COVID crash. We had them reinventing themselves uh, with the plans to go into COVID testing, use those facilities in the airport for COVID testing. See the volume surge coming in. The price surge started happening when they started getting traction with their plans. Then you had all the COVID plays pulling back because vaccines came in. You had a secondary pop here because they had some additional traction, but because of poor sentiment with COVID and because of some offerings they did here, it didn't take hold. And then you get into this long consolidation period where COVID plays are basically left for dead. So that's the story until Friday. So what happened? Um, first, let's go into the fundamentals. Um, we did talk a little bit about those three things. So um, they did an offering. They did a probably a series of offerings over the past year and a half to really dramatically improve their balance sheet. We'll get into that in a second. They just reported Q3 uh, earnings, which we'll talk to. They flipped to profitability, their best quarter ever by far. It was a blowout. Um, they also have the CDC pilot program, which you may have heard of for border control of infectious disease monitoring. That's some optionality upside in the business. So we'll get into more of all of this stuff. Here's a few charts you can look at. You can see they have lots of cash now, over hundred million in cash, very low enterprise value, even though their business is doing 10 times better than it was when the enterprise value was much higher last year. Uh, you can see their sales and profit exploding here in the last quarter. Uh, you could see here another way to look at their evaluation. The EV revenue ratio is at a low, basically, very low. If it gets anywhere near those multiples, you can see the possible returns over here. But let's dig into the Q3 earnings report. This is the best results in company history. It's just like a week ago, or no, two weeks ago, best results in company history. $27 million in revenue, 5.6 million net income, 8.7 million adjusted EBITDA. 109 million cash and only a 90 million enterprise value. You do the math there to figure out what you think this might be worth fundamentally. Uh, they also are guiding for 500 million in revenue by 2025. Uh, they're doing a share repurchase program that's active. They already bought 250,000 shares last quarter out of 15 million share repurchase program. And they also have that 2 million CDC pilot program, which 75% of that revenue is gonna be recognized in Q4. That pilot program just started after the quarter ended. So that's going to come into Q4. 
Uh, a little bit more about this uh, COVID testing express check, it's called. This just launched, it launched in June 2020, but they're really getting traction recently from Q2 to Q3, even though people think COVID's dying, their tests are going up sequentially, right? And really what's driving the revenue is they're offering now a rapid PCR test, which they charge $200 to $250 per test. They're doing set Q3 versus Q2, 789 rapid PCR tests a day versus 402, that sequential growth. That rapid PCR launched on March 29th. This is the one they, they do. They partner with Thermo Fisher Scientific on this Acula test. Um, so that's the driver of all the revenue right now, the big part of the revenue. Now, the CDC Biosurveillance Pilot Program, you want to pay attention to this. Lots of exciting news I'm about to share. This is a $2 million eight-week program announced August 13th, but it only started after the end of this last quarter. Okay, they said on the conference call 75% will be recognized in Q4. I have a feeling, well, we know, I think that's going to be accelerated, and I'll show you why in just a second. By the way, this program is a pilot program to test it out with the idea of expanding it. They're, they launched this in three airports and testing people, biosurveillance of people coming from India. So what does biosurveillance mean, um, how they're doing it? This is important. This is kind of unique. I want to spend a second on it. This is not people coming and getting a COVID test. This is um, the express uh, express check at the airport, checking everyone. It's, I think it's voluntary, at, at least now, but they're checking a group of people with a cotton swab, and they test it all in one run, right? And then they do that one test, and if there's a positive, they say, hey, there's someone positive in your group. You may have to go get individual tests. So this is much, much, much faster and efficient to do it as a group. It's called biosurveillance, okay? So... That's the fundamentals, and a lot of exciting things just happened since Friday. So let me get into the catalyst, man. This is how I love my catalyst when I trade. I love them stacked. And this one's stacked with, like, nice, juicy, yummy butter and syrup. I mean, I couldn't get any better than this, the catalyst, right? Uh, so here we go. November 15th, we had the earnings blowout with that low uh, valuation. A couple days later, November 17th, we get a... Price target increase from HD Wainwright to $4. I have no fear that this is one of those Wall Street games when they're trying to pump it up to do an offering. No offering here, guys. $100 million cash, and they're profitable. This is a real price target increase, and this was before what happened on November 26th, which was the Omnicare variant. You all know on Friday, the Omnicare variant, which drove the stock to go up, drove a lot of COVID stocks to go up. This one held its gains. Some of them, a lot of them pulled back. Why did this one hold its gains? We'll get into that. But look what happened. A couple days later, the CDC already expanded that pilot program. They added a fourth airport in or in Atlanta. You may have seen this on the news. It's all over the news. It's been on CNN, Mercury News, The Hill, everywhere. They don't have the ticker symbol Expo, but this was a big story two days ago. Even made a huge segment on CNN with uh, uh, Anderson Cooper talking about this. When they're talking about CDC expanding surveillance, that's Expo. That's exciting news. But no one put it, no one said, hey, it's Express Check, except, wow, the cake goes to News 12 of New Jersey. They got it. Express Check. They knew what's up. So these are the catalysts that happen that are moving the stock. Um, now, future catalysts that may happen, there may be stricter international testing requirements. CDC pilot expands to full rollout, add domestic testing requirements. Q4 earnings could be another huge blowout. And also that treat company, that third company they're going into, that I'll talk about in a second. That's to sustain their business for the long term. It's a subscription-based health travel health service. They're talking to credit card companies to provide this as a benefit to credit card holders. So we'll get into that. 
Um, okay, Ben, we, we, we got to wrap this up real quick in the pitch. Uh, but I do want to mention, if you've been watching Benzinga for a while, you know that our CEO and founder, Jason Raznick, actually pitched this stock on pre-market prep kind of at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. And he was right on. Um, so anytime you see a stock that's made a run like this, now come back down and it's been beaten down for a while and starting to come back up. It's interesting to me. Yeah, great. So give me, let me wrap it up real quick. I'll fly through the sentiment. The sentiment's perfect here. Uh, there's lockdown fatigue, but they're going to do more testing. A couple things I want to get to. I mean, risk of offering is really low. What are, the, what are the worries? People are worried about risk offering. No way, that's not happening. Worries are management's terrible. They did all this stuff. And this is all new management that has overseen this transformation. So that's, that's uh, invalid. I talked about treat, they're transitioning, they're planning for the long term to do a subscription based service. Quickly on the technicals, break break the 200 DMA. That's why I got in on Friday. We have Rex who thinks we got some resistance at two, some at three, and then boom, this would go much higher. So summary, fundamentals are great. Lash, large cash position eliminates uh, uh, risk of a toxic offering. Catalysts are stacked like pancakes. The sentiment's a perfect storm for this. And here's the here's the mic drop, the very last point I wanted you to wait for. Some retail, they're missing out because they have some misplaced concerns about prior management worry of an offering and worried about long-term uh, poor performance of the stock. But look at this, guys. This tells a story. You know what this is? This is a chart that shows you institutions are buying that purple line going up and to the right, 21% now. And the orange line, that's shorts covering. This is not some pump and dump, pump and dump retail meme stock. This is a transformational stock. It went from some stock that people think is a crap company to something institutions are buying. And this got me really interested that's the mic drop. That's the story. Follow us on YouTube, Story Trading. Go to storytrading.com to become a VIP. Beautiful. Go check out Story Trading on Twitter. Ben's got some great ideas. He does the due diligence on these stocks, so you don't have to. Um, although I implore you to also do your own DD to make sure um, this is a stock you would like to own. Um, ben, thank you for joining. We'll have to get thank you back on when we have a little bit more time, and we'll do an update on, on Express Ba. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Talk soon, Ben. All right, guys, we're just going to be flying through the guests right now. Right now, I'm bringing on Ranj Bath, the CEO of Neurocene. Uh, pretty interesting company. Very excited about this. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get Ranj. Ranj, how's it going? Thank you for taking time out of your biz busy Thursday to join us here on Benzinga Live. How are you doing today? All right, can you hear me oh, now? Yes, sir. There we go. Um, so, so, Ranj, before we get started, do you mind just giving me uh, uh, and our audience a brief rundown of what Neurocene is. I know it's a company that's only a couple years old. So kind of what what uh, caused you to, to want to create this company and what's the mission? Yeah, so the company was founded in 2019 um, by a guy called Daniel Gallucci, who's a, a function, an incredible functional neurologist based out of Toronto. And essentially what we've done is we've digitized the experience of you seeing a neurologist and we bought those kind of like brain training, brain coaching exercises inside an app and made that available for everyone. So we're really focusing on you know, uh, helping uh, improve the functioning of people's brains by providing you know, daily actionable um, routines to help improve brain function and performance. So, so Ranj, I know there are a couple apps out there that kind of you know, do similar things such as, as Noom. Um, what, what sets Neuro apart? Yeah, so we're, what we're really doing is we're, we're monitoring stress and lifestyle factors that contribute to overall brain health. And you know, we're, we're monitoring 
um, you know, through a, a series of assessments, we're monitoring four key neurological networks that really helps us to understand the, the, you know, the underlying biology of the brain. And that's really, really key when you're trying to really understand what are the factors that are affecting things like things like stress and anxiety and eventually things like you know, depression. So we're, we're collecting all of this data and putting it through you know, advanced um, AI to really, um, you know, really understand you know, the mechanics of what's going on in the brain and then giving people an opportunity for early intervention. And I, I think that's how we differ from a lot of the, uh, the other solutions that are out there that are really you know, kind of focusing on you know, what, what's happening after you've identified a problem. We're trying to identify what's the problem um, and what you can do about it from, from an early intervention perspective. Got it. So, so I understand there have been some pretty interesting kind of celebrity uh, investors and endorsers, such as Michael Phelps. Um, how have you guys gotten the, these big names on board, and who else is there besides Michael Phelps? Yeah. So, so my, my own background is, you know, I've done, you know, kind of like been in the kind of like marketing and, and branding area for, for the last twenty years. Worked with, you know, companies like you know, like Beats, whereas, um, you know, VP of corporate strategy, kind of leading that brand through the acquisition by Apple. Um, and, and through my network, we've attracted a you know bunch of incredible people, you know, both from the business side and from the celebrities side. So, so people like Michael Phelps, you know, he's he's on our advisory board, um, and you know, talking to Michael on a regular basis, he's always saying that you know he wishes he had a uh, you know uh, an app like. Um, like like neuro when you know when he was going through his you know um, uh, you know professional career and you know he had some of the best physical fitness and nutrition in the world but never had the support and help when it came to things like you know stress and anxiety you know, you know even through his career. Um, also, we've got people like Nick Jonas who you know has been fairly vocal around this space and has come on as an investor recently as well. And on, on the business side, we've, we've really attracted some incredible people who are really kind of helping us, you know, drive the charge around what we're building at NeuroC. So the former head of e-commerce at Apple, um, the global CMO of MasterCard, who also is the president of the healthcare division. Um, people like um, Peter Carlyle, who is a manager of Simone Biles, who was, uh, you know, who dropped out of the Olympics, you know, was, was uh, you know, very, uh, created a lot of profile at the Olympics to really take care of mental health. So obviously people are really, uh, you know, addressing uh, mental health at this time of you know destigmatization of mental health but you know we're, we're providing tools to really help them really understand what's going on and, and 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 give them routines that they can actually incorporate into their daily um daily habits yeah and i mean i i think that's it's a great thing because mental health is something that affects all of us if not personally then then someone we know one of our loved ones friends um etc but hearing you know, the stories from some of these big name athletes, whether it's Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, gives people that are struggling that uh, notion that, hey, you know, maybe it's not just me. Like there, there are people out there that are very successful that, that have to deal with this too. So I think that's a great thing that you, you guys are doing. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, so we've, we've launched this incredible app. So, you know, it's, it's in the app store right now. It's called Neuro. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that was really important for us was to, to ensure that we are you know, taking all this data and analyzing it in a very meaningful way that can give an individual a, you know, a personalized programming routine. And we recently made an announcement of an acquisition that we acquired a, uh, an AI company, um, this company called Netramark, that's traditionally been working with the pharmaceutical industry on helping to like de-risk clinical trials. So it's a very you know, advanced level of you know, machine learning and AI, which is um, like taking this data and analyzing in a way that can you know, not only create something meaningful from the individual perspective, 
but can help us start identifying trends in population groups that allow us to start thinking about even you know opportunities for you know precision therapeutical solutions um, in the future as well. So lots of opportunities coming from that. So, so Ranj, how long has the the Neuro app been on the App Store? Yeah, so the new app's only just been in, in the App Store in a few months, um, and there's a, you know we're, we're constantly making improvements to the app. Um, you're going to you know see something you know kind of incredible in in the next couple of months, which allows us to, as I mentioned, really you know um, assess people through um, through a variety of tests that allow us to look into um, the four key neurological networks. We'll actually be expanding to a bunch of other neurological networks in the future, but um, it will actually start showing you know where you sit, you know fit on a stress curve. And what are what are the um, things that you can actually do about it, and then how you can adjust your program to to ensure you're you know you're in that green zone that is is for optimal brain health and performance. So does does the app track these kind of biometrics, um, you know, in the background of your phone, or do you need to be on the app for it to be running? Yeah, so you need to be, you know, initially the, the, the version of the app right now, you need to be on the app. Um, and we're collecting, you know, active data right now. Um, you know, what's what's interesting, and you, know, you put this, uh, this chart up on screen, is in the future, we're going to be integrating passive data from things like wearable devices that are collecting things like heart rate variability, sleep tracking, movement data, from things like, you know, Apple Health and Google Fit. And we, and we tested in, uh, you know, the, these uh, integrations already. And then in the future, we'll, we'll go deeper with other biomarkers and other diagnostics. But but for now, the app will, you know, on a, on a regular basis, keep on asking you a series of questions. Um, you know, there'll be various kinds of assessments that will constantly monitor you around and um, really kind of monitor the things that are, you know, key for optimal brain health. So, you know, this, this is this four by four method that we've, that has been developed by our, our founder, which really tracks things like movement, nutrition, brain, being those brain training assessments and recovery, making sure all these things are, are taken into account when um, considering brain health. Right. And I mean, as we see, you know, this industry kind of develop as a whole, as far as ways to address mental health, um, this, this data collection to me is very interesting. And definitely from the investor standpoint, do you know what the total addressable market opportunity is for um, in this space? Yeah. So so, so, it, so what we've seen is over the next few years, it's going to be a $310 billion market segment. So, you know, certainly coming out of pandemic, you know, people are starting to turn their attention towards um, you know, mental health and mental wellness, but you know, no one's really getting to the underlying root of the problem. And that's what we're really focusing on. You know, what are those activities that you need to do to get blood flow to your brain, to activate your neurological networks, to, to make sure that, you know, you're feeding your brain with the right uh, right nutrition as well, you know, making sure you've got blood uh, and glucose all flowing to the brain. And that's what we're really get, getting to is like that underlying biology and mechanics of the brain and making sure that, you know, um, you, you can actually do something meaningful on a daily basis to, to keep your brain healthy. So, so in, in essence, the app is a way for people to try to reach this more holistic approach to uh, improve people's mental health through, you know, those four pillars we talked about, nutrition, sleep, um, exercise, whatever it is. Um, what's the like revenue model? Are, are you charging subscription for app users? So, so, so the app, as you see it right now, is is free for users. So we, we so we believe in like democratizing solutions, you know, in the mental health space. Everyone should have access to an app like Neuro, you know, rather than just you know the select few behind closed doors that can actually go and see you know a a neurologist. But the revenue model takes us into a, a variety of different areas. On one side, it, you know, we're seeing a massive opportunity in the corporate wellness space. So what we're what we're doing is we're we're building you know dashboards around this new platform that will allow. Um, corporates to start, you know, seeing what's happening in an organization. How 
how the how the organization is uh, is faring on a stress curve and you know and what the organization can do about them um also with this ingestion of this ai company there's already um revenue opportunities there where they're already working with the pharmaceutical industry on on this clinical trial process so there's there's revenue um from 2022 coming from both uh, the app side, as well as um, you know, how we're seeing the opportunity to continue to scale the opportunities that are in the pharmaceutical industry as well. Got it. Um, all right, Ranj. Well, we are unfortunately running out of time. Is there anything else that you would like investors to know about Neurosine? I think you know, uh, you know, a time when you know people are turning their attention towards mental wellness. You know, this is a, a critical um, app that you know all of us should be using on a daily basis. And in the process of, of of collecting that data, we're going to be you know you know really gleaning incredible insights that allow people with early intervention, which leads us an opportunity to to think about all the different um, therapeutic solutions that are available to people. Got it. Um, well, Ranj, thank you for coming on Benzinga Live today. Thank you for taking time out of your busy Thursday. We look forward to having you on again. Uh, you know, anytime you guys have news, just let us know, and we'd we'd love to get you back on the show. Will do. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, everybody. That was Ranj Bath, CEO of Neurocene ticker MNNDF. That is on the OTC. Uh, go check it out on the App Store too. Like Ranj said, completely free to use, so no reason not to download it. Um, you know, see if you like it. See if there's anything on there that's helpful to you. Again, this is an issue, uh, mental health that affects everybody, whether it's you personally or someone you love. So. Um, I know myself personally, I'm going to go out and, and download this app just to check it out, you know. Um, but all right, guys, let's keep the show rolling. We do have a full slate today. So coming up right now, we will be bringing on the CEO of Matterport. That's RJ Pittman. Um, as soon as he gives me a little thumbs up or something in the background that shows me he's ready to come on, I'll go ahead and bring RJ on. There we go. Um, let me go ahead and take this off the screen, throw the Matterport up on the screen. And without further ado, RJ, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Great to be back. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Hope you had a good holiday. Good Thanksgiving last week. Hey, let's just connect here a little bit on some go blue goodness, huh? Yeah, I don't know if you can't really see this this well, but this is there's actually a, a Jim Harbaugh signature on the top of this helmet as well. So, you know, I have one for you. If I was at uh, uh, my other location, I've got a Wolverine uh, helmet. Looks just like that one signed by Mr. Tom Brady. Oh, he yeah, he's a guy I've heard of. Also a, a, a fellow Wolverine uh, that we all know. And uh, yeah, obviously a great great uh football weekend last weekend and we're we're certainly excited let's go blue let's uh let's see if we can't knock out a championship here well i didn't know rj that you were a, a university of michigan alum so it's great to have you on um also on, on, the, on the subject of tom brady i've been watching that new documentary series they put out on him on hulu it's been fantastic so far yep yeah it's awesome um yeah, so happy to, to jump in. A lot happening at Matterport. Uh, it's, uh, it's certainly been an exciting year for us. Yeah, I mean, um, let's go ahead and get started. Let's back up for a second. I know you've been on before, and I know we've talked about the company before, but just for maybe some uh, new people we might have here today, can you just give us the quick uh, rundown on, on Matterport? Sure. You know, in summary, the headline is Matterport has been digitizing the built world for a decade. 
And what does that mean? We have created a technology that makes it now easy for anyone, including uh, anyone uh, with a smartphone in their pocket, which is just about everybody, uh, to be able to capture the physical world in dimensionally accurate, photorealistic, true 3D, right? We make a digital twin either with our, you know, pro cameras for very large spaces. We do high rises, hospitals, hotels, homes, airport terminals, uh, and everything in between. We've done cruise ships, commercial airlines. If it's a physical space, it's probably been Matterported at least once. And more recently, we've been really advancing this technology, you know, to really make it um, walk up simple for anybody to use, right? And so you had a slide in there that was showing all of the different uh, sort of capture, we call it a camera for every space, right? And uh, we recently launched Matterport. Is that this one you're talking about? That's the one right there, right? So you Got can it. use any of these kind of devices. We designed, build, manufacture that Matterport Pro 2 camera uh, right there to the left of the smartphones. Uh, that's really been our bread and butter, a very key invention 10 years ago uh, that has unlocked the power of 3D capture now for everyday smartphones. So I just expanded what I like to say is my capture network um, from tens of thousands of Matterport cameras that are out there in the wild today now to uh, several billion, right? There's five and a half billion smartphones that are active today in the world. 1.5 billion new smartphones being added to circulation on the globe every year. Uh, and this is really unlocking what we say the democratization of 3D capture. Well, I think it's great because we, we hear about, you know, AR and VR all the time. So it's good to finally get some like tangible use cases and seeing a company using it in real time and not just talking about some talking about AR and VR as some technology that's years down the road. I, I saw one comment saying it looks like uh, you're, you're joining us from the metaverse, your background. So that's kind of fitting with, a you know, an AR VR company. Um, so I'm curious about so. Talking like a, like a more tangible example. So how exactly would a company, well, I don't know what's going on with the slides, like Chick-fil-A, like how, how does Chick-fil-A use Matterport's technology? Yeah, it's a, one of the areas that I would describe, well, let me say it this way. The fastest growing segment in Matterport for the last two years has been the enterprise. People know Matterport maybe from, you know, where it all got started 10 years ago. We became the gold standard for 3D walkthroughs of homes. Um, kind of the gold standard for a virtual tour for an open house. Fast forward to today, um, we are now powering everything from Compass uh, to Keller Williams at the enterprise level. We're now built into you know, their technology stacks, their listing engines, Redfin, Zillow, Realtor.com, all use Matterport as the future of how to visualize a property before you rent it, before you buy it. And in fact, more homes have been sold sight unseen powered by Matterport than ever before. Even 10, 20, $30 million properties. It's really, you know, I, I see them every day popping into my inbox. Uh, I get all kinds of notes from buyers and sellers and real estate agents. It's extraordinary. Now, moving further into the enterprise, and you look at something like Chick-fil-A or CVS, Walgreens, Home Depot, all using Matterport today to do virtual facilities management at scale. Right. These are companies that own not just hundreds, but thousands and even tens of thousands of physical locations. And all of these locations have to be maintained. 
They have to make, be maintained for code compliance, for brand compliance. They go through renovations and upgrades of all kinds, right? Even Starbucks um, has to maintain each and every one of their cafes and maintain and upkeep all of the equipment, et cetera. And now with Matterport, they take what used to be a boots on the ground, physical building inspection exercise with tape measures, pen and paper, you know, let's call it, you know, the old fashioned way. And we can now transform that into a digital experience where I can inspect and analyze 5,000 physical locations as fast as I can do a Google search. But instead, you're doing a Matterport search to inspect a group of physical assets in real time, and you can get your insights in matters of seconds. It is absolutely transformative for how people think about managing buildings and facilities, uh, hotels to Chick-fil-A's at scale. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the amount of, I guess, homes that were sold sight unseen, as you said, because I remember as we saw this crazy housing market during the COVID-19 pandemic, that was one of the numbers that shocked me was I, I forget the exact percentage, but some, you know, I've read some article talking about the percentage of homes being sold without the buyer ever even stepping into the house, um, which to me is fascinating and obviously not um, able to happen without technology such as Matterport's. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really getting up there. Even before the pandemic, um, the year before the pandemic, Redfin is, for example, a big customer of Matterports. We're great partners, as the way I like to say it. Um, and every Redfin listing, 100% of Redfin's listings uh, have a Matterport digital twin on them. And why? Because homes sell for uh, as much as 10% higher price and as much as 15% faster on the market. Why? Because you give them that buyer confidence of being able to walk through and inspect each and every centimeter of the property as many times as you want, right? Think about trying to do that in the physical world. You can't, right? You can't just keep going back to the house every day and every night. You can't bring in all of your friends and family to give you a second opinion so conveniently. With Matterport, we kind of changed the game in that regard. And in that, that year before COVID, 28% of the properties sold on Redfin sold sight unseen. 28%, right? And that number's just there's, gone up. There's, there's that percentage I was looking for. <laughs> uh, it is a big, it's a big number. Um, well, RJ, we got to talk, uh, you know, maybe off air about how we can get a, a Benzinga office tour set up through Matterport. So that way some of our audience can, can kind of walk through our office with us and make it feel like they're here with us. Absolutely. Easy to do. Easy to All do. Right, well, do let's do it. I've got a couple. So we talked about the Redfin partnership, but there's a couple other partnerships that I want to talk about. Um, so I know there was a, an announcement yesterday regarding Amazon and Amazon Web Services. Do you want to go yeah. ahead and, and just um, give me the lowdown on that and kind of what it means for the company? Yeah, this is actually a, a really interesting one, and it's a big deal. Um, Amazon uh, has been looking across. I mean, they're the category leader you know, in cloud computing and cloud services for the enterprise, really for everybody, right? Startups and the like. And of course, Matterport's infrastructure, all of our 3D magic that we do is done in the Amazon cloud. All of the spatial data that we're capturing now from the millions of buildings in 175 countries around the world that we have been digitizing all goes up into Amazon. And what Amazon's realized as they look across their customer base, they're inspecting, well, what kind of data are people putting into the Amazon cloud? And how can Amazon be more helpful in getting more value out of that data through new analytic tools, um, 
new uh, machine learning and deep learning models that they could run against uh, large data sets to create a, you know, an extended value proposition for being a customer on AWS. And one of the things they realized that there's a huge number of companies that are storing building data, building data, building operating data, machine data, factory production data and performance data that's being um, gathered in real time from sensors and you know any kind of capture uh, down on the ground in these locations uh, brought up into the cloud you know for them to analyze and study and try to optimize the operations of their facilities and so they've created a framework to enable all of these companies to organize their let's call it their building and factory and performance data into a digital twin management system and what does that mean well it basically means can we you know can amazon uh start to help create you know some of that new value by organizing and analyzing and turning up the performance and roi of all of that data that's running through the amazon cloud and now to do that in a way that makes any sense you know if you're a factory um or you're a hotel and you're trying to organize and put into context all of that environmental building performance data wouldn't it be great if you could actually do it in a physical digital twin of the space itself right um, so if you want to actually see the factory floor you want to see where the equipment is running and performing in dimensionally accurate 3d start with the matterport digital twin right we're just the spatial data rails that can provide all of that visual context to wire in all of that data to the equipment and machinery as it exists in the physical spaces so that once again building inspectors property managers and even shift in production line managers don't even have to be physically at the location to be able to make sure everything's running smoothly and running you know uh on time and as expected and you can in fact bring in more people to manage these kinds of things virtually and remotely because of course you can access you know a matterport digital twin from anywhere uh anytime right so this is fundamentally going to just extend what we already do um, to the entire you know universe of AWS customers. So and it's because we're all in the same cloud and we're all using fundamentally similar technologies, the integration from Matterport to AWS to these other large enterprises is completely seamless. And we're going to make it really easy for everybody to you know complete the digitization of their physical spaces where they already are capturing all of this this data and putting it up in the cloud it's going to be a game changer so rj i gotta ask between you know when you see this these huge companies such as amazon facebook or i guess now meta kind of shifting a lot of their resources toward this space toward the the ar vr space do you feel vindicated by that like okay we, we've been in the right industry I've, I've, I've been in the right industry for the past 10 years or so or is this something that you knew all along was going to happen um, there, well, let's say, it, put it this way. Um, look, no question, we pioneered this concept of creating a digital version of the physical world, right? Ten years ago, and we've been on that journey. We're digitizing now, you know, hundreds of thousands of buildings and physical spaces every month, and my aim is to take that to millions, right? We have tens of billions of square feet of the world that have been digitized, and we've been doing it for practical reasons, right? There's a lot of discussion about the metaverse. Of course, there's been plenty of interesting, you know, applications and wonderment around VR and AR. 
But, you know, what we do is turn buildings into data so that you can extract value out of them right away. We talked about the ROI in residential real estate, right? In nightly rentals, Airbnb, VRBOs, et cetera. You have a Matterport digital twin. We live bookings 10 to 15%. I mean, it is game changing kind of value we've been delivering for a long time. People are trying to figure out, wow, this metaverse stuff sounds fantastic. Well, what's the revenue model? What's the business model? And gee, it sounds amazing. It's probably going to happen, but it's five, 10 years out. Well, we happen to be a company that's five or 10 years into it now and have created obviously a very practical and a very you know commercially scalable business out of it. And yes, we have a partnership with Facebook, now Meta, uh, and one that absolutely meets right at the intersection of what Matterport's been doing and where Facebook and Meta are headed in really building out what I might say is, you know, the practical and commercial version of the metaverse. And do we benefit from that? Yes. Um, am I changing the name of the company? No. Um, you know, Matterport uh, is uh, going to stay operating right down the fairway of what we've been doing because it's so complementary uh, to the concept of the metaverse. If you want to play an interesting, you know, new version of Fortnite, if you want to host a virtual meeting, um, if you want to invite people into your studio to hang out in there virtually while you're doing this broadcast, it all starts with creating a reality capture, a digital twin of that sp physical space so that we could move it into the digital universe or in the into the metaverse where then anybody could participate, build all kinds of new technologies on top of it. We're not going to compete with Meta or with Roblox or with Unity they're all partners that are going to be able to build fantastic add-ons and layers of interaction and entertainment and what have you. But they all have to start with a digital reality capture of that physical world around us to actually make something interesting to do in the metaverse itself. So you can sort of think of us as, you know, the data rails. I like to describe Matterport as the HTML of the physical world. We've created a standardized markup language that takes any physical space brings it into the digital universe and digital realm, but it's an open ecosystem. Like the data is accessible to any developer, or program, or a partner that wants to enhance it in any way, shape, or form. And that's why, you know, the partnership with Facebook uh, is so interesting and why they're excited about Matterport. Got it. Yeah, we have we have a term here at Benzinga that was coined by our CEO and founder, Jason Raznick, calling it the thing behind the thing. So it sounds like Matterport in a lot of ways can be that thing behind the thing in a lot of these developments that we see in AR and VR, whether it's from Facebook, Meta, or Amazon, or Roblox, Unity, as you said. Um, so I like that, that you're not really viewing them as explicit competition, but more as partners to grow this space um, altogether. That's right. And and that's really been the strategy across the board. We have a great partnership with Apple. We now have a great partnership with Google and Android and Google Maps, where all of these Matterport spaces can be seamlessly published and uploaded to Google Maps and Street View, because essentially you can think of Matterport as the true 3D version of Street View for the inside of buildings, right? And we've got millions so of buildings and properties, you know, that are already being, you know, integrated in with these big platforms today. Last thing I'll also add is, in addition to Metaverse and such, we've been a major content provider to Facebook and Oculus for years, right? Matterport's been on the homepage of Oculus Web almost since the beginning um, with some of the most extraordinary points of interest in the world from museums 
uh, to Pharaoh's tombs in Egypt that you drop a headset on and every Matterport digital twin is out of the box is VR enabled. And it is super immersive. It is literally like being there. And with such a library of the you know physical world growing by the thousands every day, we might be the largest, probably are the largest, you know, source of content, you know, for any VR platform. Got it. Yeah, no, that that's fascinating. Um, well, RJ, thank you for coming on the show today. I'll, I'll give you one last uh, minute. If there's anything else you'd like to add that we haven't gotten to today, maybe, um, you know, just to our, our audience of investors. Yeah, you know, there's two stages to think about with Matterport. First is, you know, in the first 10 years, we created the category with a very sophisticated piece of technology that enables us to digitize the built world, right? We call that the digital twin. That's the multi-billion dollar business we've been chasing and building today. But the second decade is all about what we describe as the datafication of the built world. What do you do with all of this data when you have it? And you know, maybe for another uh, episode, I can go into the details of how we're transforming all of that spatial data and these digital twins really into the next digital economy going forward, right? We've been bringing in partners that are taking empty properties that we have Matterported that might go up for rent or for sale, like we talked about before, and now bringing in third-party add-ons, digital add-ons to virtually stage the properties with super high fidelity furniture that's three-dimensionally accurate, and you can drop it in, and you can't tell the difference between is this real furniture or is this digital furniture? And it's very similar to virtual currencies and buying armament and suits of armor when you're playing Fortnite and you're paying real money, you know, to put on a new skin. Well, this is a much more economical way, for example, to digitally stage a property for sale that might be sold, you know, sight unseen anyway, uh, replacing, um, you know, a cost uh, element that might be two or three thousand dollars a month to move furniture into an empty property to stage it. You can now for 10 bucks. Uh, digitally stage it and create access to that that digital twin to tens of millions of people. So if you start thinking about the layers of commerce and the layers of customizations that can be made on top of any Matterport digital twin, the digital economy for that, I think, is far bigger uh, than anything we've done to date with just digitizing the built world. In summary, Matterport strategy, the whole is going to be far greater than the sum of the parts. Got it. Well, RJ, thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to having you back on the show. Anytime there's news, let us know. We'd love to get you back on. This has honestly been one of my favorite interviews we've gotten to do on this show. Um, maybe it's just because we got to talk some football or, or maybe Go not. blue. Heck yeah. Go blue. No, but like I said at the beginning, it, it's awesome that you know we hear these words, AR, VR, thrown around as buzzwords all the time. So it's great to have someone like you on that that has tangible examples of how this um, technology is being utilized. So RJ, again, thank you for coming on and uh, look forward to speaking again soon. Great. See you next time. All right. All right, guys, that was RJ Pittman, the CEO of Matterport, ticker MTTR. Guys, I saw you guys talking in the chat about the stock price saying I want to get back in, but I want I want to wait till it drops to X price. Sometimes there are things you just 
you can't wait for drops like that. You just got to get in because the companies are going to be growing and, and whatnot. I'm not saying, oh, everyone go out and buy uh, M- MTTR right now. This is not investment advice, but uh, just because I know from experience, there have been stocks that I've waited to drop to a point where I want to get in on them, and they never dropped that point. They just kept going up. Um, and today, stock's down a little bit. Um, so maybe I'll have to add some to my portfolio. Um, but guys, quick rundown for the rest of the show. Uh, we're going to be doing some trivia, some fun Detroit-themed trivia today. So uh, whenever I see Rohan, the producers, once we're ready for trivia, we'll get that going. And oh. then at around 1.30, maybe a few minutes later, because we're running late today, Nick Shaheen will be joining us to talk some options. Um, so smash the like if you are here for you know, we're going to learn how to trade some options and in a good way, not the way I do, not like some YOLO trading. No, Nick Shaheen is the man. He he, he will get you set up on some trades that are low risk, high reward. Um, but real quick, before trivia, I, I have an ask to make. All right. Do you guys want a free piece of Benzinga swag? Let me pull up the swag store real quick. Um, we do have some brand new swag that is very, very, uh, you know, holiday spirit. We've got some ugly Christmas sweaters. We've got some Benzinga beanies. Let me go ahead and show y'all those real quick. Winter collection. Here we go. Some ugly Christmas sweaters. Some Benzinga beanies. Like I said, here's what you got to do. Whether you have Robin Hood or not, all you got to do is write an email, or if you have Robin Hood, go to your account, go to contact us, and send a message to Robin Hood saying. How much you love seeing Benzinga News on Robinhood, how Benzinga News is the best news source on Robinhood, how you want to see more Benzinga News on Robinhood, send us a screenshot of that message to Robinhood. I'm going to put up the email that you send that screenshot to right now, shows at Benzinga.com, and we will send you a free piece of swag, whatever you would like from the swag store. Um, You know what? Just because I'm feeling generous today and because I'm in the giving spirit, do it to Robinhood, but it doesn't have to be Robin Hood. Do it to E-Trade, do it to whatever brokerage you use, and we'll send you a free piece of swag. Extra, extra swag if you do it for Robin Hood, though. Um, no, Shelly, don't send a message about my PDT. That was my fault. That, that has nothing to do with Robin Hood. Um, all right, guys. Like I said, put just in the subject line Robin Hood or, or something like that so I know what you guys are doing when you email us, and we will send you a free piece of swag. I know I'm grabbing one of those ugly Christmas sweaters and maybe a beanie to go with it. My little ears get cold this time of year. Um, <laughs> no, Christian Gallagher. Um, all right, y'all. What is the deal with trivia, guys? What is the deal indeed? Where are you coming from? I don't even see you in, in StreamYard. Oh, no, I'm just uh, a godly voice in the background. Folks, it is time for trivia. One second. We're going to magically appear. Bree, I'm going to remove this banner here if I can find it. All right, there we go. Wait, real quick before we start trivia, though, Rohan, I want to show, because people are talking about Robin Hood right now. Um, I want to show real quick, quick feature. So, again, you know, there's a lot of different brokerages out there all like anything else different brokerages have benefits and drawbacks this is one of my favorite parts about Robinhood. it makes buying stocks you want to buy so simple and easy 
Um, if I want to buy some Matterport, say I'm not going to right now because I don't know how, if I'm even allowed to, considering I just spoke to the CEO. Um, but if I wanted to buy some Matterport with a stop loss, right? All I have to do is put in, say I want to get stopped out at $27. I want to buy five shares. Boom, right there. I can buy it and I can know in the back of my mind, okay, if this gets to $27, the most I can lose is say 2 3%, whatever it is. Um, someone, throw me, someone throw me a good ticker in the chat to buy right now and I'll, I'll show you how we can do it um, real quick on, on a different ticker. It looks like NCALX ARDX. Um, let me see if, if slight delay, so I'll wait to see if we get any good tickers flown in the chat. All right, ARDX. It's the second time I've seen it, so I'm going to take that as a sign. We're going to do ARDX. Um, let's see. So it's, oh, wow, it's breaking out. All right, so I want to buy some ARDX. It's a it's a $1.50 stop. I'll throw my stop loss at $1.20. Um, I want to buy, let's say, 50 shares of it. It's going to estimated cost $60. I uh, think I'm screwing something up because it's telling me your stop price is below the current price, so your order will likely execute immediately. All right, what am I doing wrong, guys? Someone help me out. Oh, wow, look at you guys. We're all here. We're all here. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to turn Mitch's audio on. I, I I don't mess with stop losses usually, but I just found out how to do them, so I want, I want to show that feature... But, so what are you trying to do? You, you're already in that trade? No, I'm not in it. I, I'm about to buy okay, some, so but I want to add it with a stop loss. Okay, so you're trying to trigger in I, an entry, right? That's what you're trying to trigger? No, I'm just trying to buy it right now at 153 a share. And then if it gets down to 120, I'm out. Okay, so first you got to buy the shares. First do that. And then we can do a stop limit order. All right, here, I'm going to let's start this over. All right. So, first, so this this is order the, or limit order to buy, right? No, I'm just gonna I just do market orders to buy. I don't I don't okay. I don't all right. So ARDX suggested in the chat to cheap stock. So this is a good way to kind of showcase this feature. I'm gonna go ahead and buy 50 shares. It's gonna cost me $77 buy. You can see how seamless and easy this was. Average share price $1.55, total cost $77 and a quarter. Um done. All right, so now Ooh. I now I have, let me refresh, I have a position in ARDX. You can see right here, my average yeah. cost was right here. It shows my return. I'm already, oh, now I'm down a little bit, but hey. All right, so if I go to sell, Mitch, I go to stop loss order, correct? Yes, you can do two, two orders there. There's the stop loss, and there's a stop loss limit order. I'll explain both if you want. The stop loss is the one that you like that's a market order to get out. The stop loss limit order is a stop. You place a stop as the trigger event. So let's say if it gets to 150, it will trigger that stop and it changes that stop to put out a limit order to the market at whatever you put that stop loss limit order at. Um, so there's two ways to go about it. There's a stop loss limit order or the stop loss. There you go. And, and as far as different brokerages that I've used, I've found that Robinhood makes this process the most seamless. Um, you know, like I said, I the reason I use this app is because of how easy it makes trading for me. I don't have time uh, to be monitoring my trades all the time or to be trading five, six hours a day like some of you guys in our audience. So to me, having a UI uh, user interface that makes it this simple for me is really uh, a good thing and allows me to free up the rest of my day. Oh, and here's another 
Here's another thing. You got to be careful with that PDT. Remember, like the chat's talking about. Be careful. I know, there, and that's AD. why I'm not going to actually submit the stop order right now because if it got, <laughs> if it gets to that price today, I couldn't sell that anyway. Um, but we now all we know. See for, you on the SEC, man. Now we know this is a uh, for future. And yes, uh, Richard Judge Mitch is explaining it as if he's talking to a child. I wonder why. I wonder why. All right. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we all got to learn it at some point, right? Now you know it, right? You know how to use that stop loss. Beautiful. Very nice. Um, all right, guys. Time for some trivia. Time for some trivia, folks. What is going on? What is up, Zinger Nation? It is your boy, Rohan. I am back. COVID-free. I'm going to just give myself you sound like you, you sound like you got Regeneron or something. Nah. I, I literally, uh, <laughs> I, I did just didn't have COVID. I had some sort of cold or something. Um, I still have a runny nose, but that's about it. Uh, folks, but trivia. If you haven't played before, what is trivia? Essentially, it is a uh, fun little game we like to play. Uh, today, our theme is uh, Detroit, right? Detroit motor vehicle. It, yeah, it, it's less Detroit, more just motor, motor, motor city. Motor city. Motor city. Ford, baby. Out here in my truck. Um Anyway, so moving on from that, basically how you play. There's going to be multiple choice questions, a series of them, each one having four answers, each one having a number corresponding to said answer. The way you win is by answering correctly. Uh, you put the number corresponding to the answer you want in the chat, and whoever does the most answers and does them the fastest will be our winner and have all the glory associated with that. So, folks, if you are ready for trivia, I'm going to go ahead and get the countdown going. And, uh, you know, just warm up, get your brain ready, get them juices flowing, and uh, let's, let's, let's do this. I'm going to add some music because, you know, music makes everything better. Oh, Rohan, we got your uh, Slack noties coming through. Uh, the rest of the people don't. You just do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> That's okay, I'll mute it. All right, I usually am uh, probably the favorite to win these trivia things, but today I do not think so. I, I don't know too much about cars. Uh, I honestly don't know what to expect. I like cars. I know but... I need to get my blinker fluid replaced, but besides that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, with that, Bree, why don't you take that first question? All right, Henry Ford was considered to be the first man to build cars for mass production in which year was it one 1934 was it two 1921 three 1913 or four 1906 very nice i like that little voice you had going on trying yep. to your announcer voice right? my announcer voice yeah um i'm gonna go three let's guess 1913 why not it might be 1906 who knows all right i'll i'll, I'll go with uh four because it the chat is saying four, but two seems like the the biggest car, right? The model Model A was it made in 1921? How should I know? I don't I think know. it was Some, somewhere around there. I wish I had my stream back to play. Oh, fudge. Only two people got this right. Shout out Born to be Free and Christian in the chat. And me, bro. And me. You didn't the chat. You, you didn't submit it though. Okay, yeah, but I, I said it. Uh oh. Alright, alright. Alright, well, Rohan, take lead. Folks, what is the name of the luxury car brand owned by Ford? Uh is it Mustang? I think that's the <laughs> brand that's 
crashing into crowds or something like that. Whoa, uh, too soon. Dude. Way too soon. Too, too soon, soon, bro. This has been happening since like they since Mustangs came out. Um two, Lincoln, three, Cadillac, and my caddy, or four. Bugatti. I think there's a problem with this question because it says luxury. <laughs> <laughs> What Lincoln okay. and Caddies are both luxury brands. Yeah, they're they're, they're nicer than they're nicer than stock Fords. That's certainly they're true. like what I take to the airport. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if, if you get an Uber X, you're getting a, a a Ford Focus. If you get an Uber Black, you're getting a Lincoln. Well, you might just end up with like a Tahoe, but yeah. <laughs> um the the standards of Uber Black, I feel like, are a little all over the place. But folks, yes, the answer is Lincoln, um, not Town Abraham. car. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Lincolns are cool. I like Lincolns. What are those MKZs or something like that? Mm. All right, it's all you, Mitch. All right, General Motors first began toying with an electric vehicle in the 1980s. The model that is finally rolled out in 1996 was known as the one Volt, two Thunder, three Electra, or four EV one. Oh man, Yo, I, I, I have I, no clue. I just learned about this because they displayed it at the auto show that year, and everyone was like obsessed with it. But then there were problems with like the actual production of it. So while the car itself was great, especially for that time, um, the production capacity wasn't there. I'm gonna guess uh, Electra. No, I'll guess EV one. Why not? I think it's EV one. I'm gonna guess EV one. I know it's not the Volt. That's what they have right now. I went four. You sure? So, uh, cuatro. You sure I'll it isn't the Volt? The Volt is what they the have now. What do you just Google it, Mitch? I don't know. I'm just going. Well, with you the were Volt. wrong. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. That's what happens. I went with the herd. Herd didn't didn't lead well. Yeah, they they got a Volt right now. It certainly wasn't their first one though. All right. One. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Is this Mina? I think the original Jeep, partially owned by Chrysler, was designed. In just how much time? Two hours? 18 hours? A year? Or a week? Folks, this is an interesting question. One that I've never heard before. Don't know the answer to. But considering the original Jeep was like a box on wheels, I'm not surprised. I'm going to say a week. I went 18 hours, and here's why. Because it's got to be really quick, right? The, this question is saying like it, it was it was super quick to design. I don't yeah. think it was quite two hours. Oh, do we have Mitch, Mitch was kind of frozen there for a sec. So I'm going 18 back. hours. I feel pretty good about it. So the thing is, I know this was designed for like military purposes. So I imagine like maybe they did it really quickly with that in mind. But still, like you got to think about like ah <laughs> wow. Well, good job there. That's a uh... That is impressive, 18 hours to put together an entire car. But Yeah, look where it's at now. I mean, shows you what you can do in 18 hours. All right. In 1950... All right, sorry. Hold on. Let me restart it. In 1953, Chrysler built a jet engine car that could run on one wine, two peanut oil, three hydrogen, or four helium. I'd imagine it's hydrogen. I guess it could be helium. Uh, hydrogen's kind of a more popular fuel choice, I'd imagine. So I'm gonna say hydrogen. But yeah, I remember. I remember the the, this car's actually pretty sick if you look it up. They like got like a full-on thing coming out of the trunk. It looks like a Batman situation. I went with peanut oil as well, Money Mitch. 
Yes, yes, that McDonald's. That's all I need. I just go pick it up. <laughs> Nothing like running your car on McDonald's oil, right? This car the runs future. on nut. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's uh, I, I'm. Oh, there we go. I was Whoa. right. All right. Well, I was not. That oil, bro, running on that nut. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting choice. I kind of want to know more about it. All right, Mitch, you got this one. All right. What was the price tag of the first ever Ford Model T? Was it $850, one, two, $300, three, $2,000, or four, 150 Ooh, this one's a hard one. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say 850 I'm going to say $300. i will go with one. I wish they had that 350 because that's like my favorite answer. But <laughs> just, just say it's 350 Don't worry. That was oh. a tax. I, I frick. I, I fricked this one up. You all right there? <laughs> what you put? I, you I right? put I put three as my answer, trying to pick three hundred, but I put in three, which is really two thousand. Which there's no way. I mean, that would be like a hundred grand in today's dollars. <laughs> that is uh, that's a tough one. Oh, it is. Uh, I would have I would have gotten it wrong anyway. Mitch, was that you? I think that yes, was you. it was. Very nice. Yeah, I would have bought Very it. Nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I caught that. All right. Well, which? Uh, go ahead. Which one of these car manufacturers envisioned the concept of a mechanical heart pump? Interesting. Mm. First ever. This isn't a. No, it's not a pace thing. That's electronic. But, um, well, I, I I couldn't tell you to be honest. I'm gonna go Chrysler. Cause do they ever do anything? You know. Innovative. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, technically, they know how to put really fat engines in cars with at least Dodge. That's does. about it. Yeah, they, they didn't know how to do that one. <laughs> Take up cubic space. Make they, a they solid minivan, that. though. <laughs> solid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go... Yeah, screw it. I'll, I'll go GM because why not? Just head hedge. Oh, hey. GM it is. <laughs> look at that. Would you just look at that? No one thought Ford. <laughs> no one believes that Ford is making a heart pump. Oh, whoa, Christian Gallagher, we have a winner. I don't think he's won before either. Winner, so congratulations, winner, chicken dinner. Good sir. Um, you know what to do. I hope. Email shows at benzinga.com to claim your prize and to claim the glory. Claim the glory. That was weird. Uh, folks, glory. that was fun. I enjoyed playing trivia today. Um, if you guys have any suggestions for our next topic for trivia, now's your chance to post them in the chat. Yeah, do that. Do that, do that, do that. Try to make it somewhat business finance related, but hey, if not, all good. We may still consider guys want to see how freaking like ridiculously extra my uh my camera is right now like that's my webcam it's probably got to be like the most badass webcam known to man okay we get it Rohan. what can you do all right check check this out look at this 
Whoa. I got like a full-on cinema camera as a webcam. That's awesome. So, you know. Uh, Tiny Pie, I don't think we're doing diehard movies. I think you'd have an unfair uh, advantage. Sports Finance, that's a good one, Born to be Free, because I see NFL as well. So um, There you go. We can we can do like the business side of sports. Like maybe we're doing contracts, how much X stadium costs to build, like how much FTX paid to name Miami's arena, stuff like that. Dude, I can't believe that. I I, I mean I grew up going to the American Airlines. Dude, it's, it's happening it's happening all over. I mean Staples Center is now gonna be crypto.com arena. Like everything is gonna be named after some crypto site or some crypto coin. Here's my here's my <laughs> question though, is like the Staples Center was the Staples Center for so long like you know it was a staple uh but i want to know how long like these names are going to stay like crypto.com like are they going to stay crypto.com for a long time or is it going to be like a year and they're like cool we did our marketing thing well i'm from so i'm from st louis and and anheuser-busch is is from and headquartered in st louis uh and so our our baseball stadium is bush stadium if that ever changes whew, i'll be i'll be hurt <laughs> Because Anheuser-Busch is like by far St. Louis's bi- biggest company. It's like St. Louis's rocket mortgage to Detroit. Yeah, I mean, we had we had a weird time when they wanted to name our stuff Little Caesars Arena, right? Like that was a huge controversy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Joe, you go from you go from Joe Lewis to uh, uh, and what, what what was the basketball one called? Was it just the crazy uh, bread? Uh, no, so that, that's actually right by where my parents live. That was the Palace of Auburn Hills. That's where it was. Right. So it, it never had a, a like a sponsored name. No. It did yeah. not. I would have loved Crazy Bread Arena, you know. <laughs> I wonder though if you're if if you're like Staples, if you're the company Staples and say you have the rights for more years, but then Crypto.com comes to you and say, "Hey, we'll buy out your contract and pay you X amount more of money." Like that'd, be a, pretty, that'd be a pretty good business deal, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, Honestly. isn't that what SoFi did with SoFi Stadium? They they were like, yeah, you know what? We we need to get our name out there. Let's. Let's buy a stadium. (laughs) Right. All right, guys. Well, that was fun. Good trivia segment. We do have Nick Shaheen. Coming up now, we're going to talk some options. If you've got any questions um, about options, go ahead and throw them in the chat, and we will get to them with Nick. Uh, So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Nick on the show. Wow. Wow. Man, I feel I, I feel fancy, but but I got two two takeaways. Number one, I'm going to start saying "ama," "ama gonna." <laughs> so, your other two guests were like way younger than me. Okay, the other one is I love this. I love this trivia idea, and I have an idea for you. I'm going to do it for my for my subscribers. We're going to have like a uh, learn options trivia. Just from the very basic questions on, this will be like learn on the fly force. You know, I can do all the videos I want. If they don't really pay attention to every answer, they forget half of it by the time they watch it. So maybe this will force them to retain some. Well, I like you didn't even know, but you're wearing a T-shirt that went along with our trivia segment. Yeah. There you well, go. You, you know, know we, we are we are a Chevy house. My son works on build Chevys, so um, this is sacrilege. <laughs> But uh, he's, uh, you know, the Ford question was kind of insulting a little bit, like nobody thought of it. Uh, but my, my, my answer would have been GM. And, for for uh, which question? For, for the heart thing, heart pump. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we, we could have asked that question with, uh, 
Who, who promised COVID-19 ventilators but sent CPAP machines instead? Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny that I was just debating the, the Ford chart. Uh, there are a few people that are still long. I sent out a note to go long like at seven or eight. And of, at these levels, I just can't do it. I, yeah, I th this this guy we have that works with us, uh, his name's Luke Jacoby. He he gave yeah I know Ford, Luke. yeah yeah he's a good guy. He gave Ford as his 2022 or sorry 2021 stock of the year. Back hey, last January. that was my pick. Uh, so he, just... <laughs> he stole it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was one of my picks. Uh, GE was a was a, was another. It was also around eight bucks or seven bucks. Got uh, it. So, yeah. um, well, Nick, if you want to go ahead and, and share one of your screens, sure. Um, I'd love to see what you're watching today, and then we'll, we'll take some questions out of the chat as we talk about options. Um, you know, I mean, the, the the guys that are here that watch us, guys and gals that are here that watch us every day, know that I like to trade options, but I probably do it a little bit of a different way than you do. What I do you do? Just I just buy calls and puts. Okay. Well, if you know charts, that's totally okay. And if you're an active trader, that's totally okay. Buying and hoping for things to work out, that's where people get in trouble. Yeah, I, I kind of do the latter. Uh, <laughs> I kind of, I remember last time I was on, I was sitting in the, in the background and you guys were discussing specific trades and you shared some of yours. Uh, so next time you want to s take a trade, hit me with it. I may join you, but take my opinion on the charts because really there's, People who trade without knowing charts these days um, are at a disadvantage. I'll give you a perfect example. You asked me what we're doing today. So I have a chat room with Benzinga. Um, hopefully you have a link somewhere. I didn't bring one. I'm sorry. If you want to join it, it's totally worth yeah. it. And I'll show, I'll, I'll show you why um, the, the trade was, okay, earlier today, uh, we were chasing uh, um, the SPY. Okay, is it going to do, this is a five minute chart. So it kind of gives you like minute, price action by the way this is one fourth of that screen the other two is a one minute chart a 30 second chart and a 15 second chart and i shared this and i said this is your trigger right here to get long and uh, this is the target with a hiccup at this resistance line and look where they faded right now they're back to here so that trade played out for whoever likes to trade fast by calls and such this is a winning trade the way i traded it i sold a put spread for the spx that expires tomorrow and it's now almost half price to buy back. So that would be my way of not hoping for a rally. All I needed is for it to hold 45 on the SPX, 45.45. So the two styles. But if you're actively trading, come into the chat room or a chat room or get together with a group that knows charts. Then you can actively trade and scalp like two or three of these a day. Two days ago, I said, get long Apple if it breaks. I forget the level 161.4, 162.1. I can't remember one of these two numbers. It's going to 168, 169. And it did by the next morning. I also said, I'm going along the SPX overnight. And yesterday booked it at the open. Uh, and then they said, okay, what about Apple now? I said, we should get out because it has a wall from the open interest. And then this happened to Apple. You know, headline broke out. Amazing how they break out exactly where they need to. Uh, but if you're doing what you're doing, I invite you, you have a, you know, you, you're welcome into my room any, any time, you know where it is, you just pop in and uh, tell me which charts you want to trade and we'll actively trade them instead of just buying and hoping it works out. At least buy Got it. Yeah. yeah, I would love that. I, I think right now my uh, like strategy with options um, 
it, it's kind of like boomer bust. Like it either works out really well for me and I'll get a hundred percent gainer or I'll essentially like lose all that money on the premium that I paid for the contracts. But I want to focus on kind of like swing trade options, ones that okay. I can open up and hold for a couple days. You know, I don't really okay. have a lot of time throughout the day to be day trading these options. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. You know, I'm sure you're so, you're a little bit more active, like intraday than. No, I am be. not. I personally am not. I am a boring as can be when it comes to trading. I want to take bet. I want to sell. I want to sell losing lottery tickets to people like you. But so I want to find places where price is not going and sell risk there. And then I have odds in my favor, time on my side. Uh, all I need is nothing to happen. Uh, that's my ideal way of of trading. This way, I can sprinkle some longs. Uh, across the board and take a few shorts like on the SPX uh, across the board like 12 months out if I wanted to and not have to trade every day. Uh, so to answer your question, um, keep a short list of stocks that are worthy. By that I mean you do homework, you like the stock, you get a beat on it, you know that if the stock market is higher, they're going to be higher. So um, you're not going to have nasty surprises and then track their price action and then when they fall into support take some longs however you take longs you buy shares you buy calls you buy call spreads you sell puts you sell put spreads any combination of those uh would work the cheapest way to get long is to sell a put and buy a call spread then you're participating with upside uh your out of pocket is small and the worst case scenario you own a stock you like at a cheaper price uh so that's a strategy that um ideal for somebody that likes to swing trade and can't nail the entry and exit. This way you don't have to be, um, you know, what do you call it? Picture perfect surgical with your entry point. Like for this stock, for example, Palantir, now this is a daily chart. The prospect of the company is pretty good. If you do homework, that's step one, uh, read about the company. The income statement looks pretty strong. They went, uh, you know, from 500 to 1.4 billion. Maybe they bought somebody, maybe they didn't. It's a successful company. The management represents it well. So there's no reason to expect it failing if the markets are not failing themselves. And look, every time I move one tick, the chart moves a whole lot because of this giant tick up there. So if I get it off the screen, the, the chart's range it <laughs> adjusts dramatically. Uh, so buying it into this makes logical sense. However you buy it. Like if I sold the put today on it to, to own it at 17 or 17 and a half, What's wrong with that? The worst case scenario is um, I, I, bought, I own it 12% lower than today and I break even lower than this still. So when I sell a put, if I go there, this is a practice account. So Chewy was another example today. Somebody asked me in the chat room and we were addressing, I did a whole video on it to answer them with a trade setup and everything. Whoops, yeah, I did volunteer. Okay, so um, January contract, so not that far out. So if I sell this put, if I go, okay, sell this put, this is E-Trade. I'm not recommending it, by the way. It's a questionable platform. Um, so if it, it, what does that do? When I sell a put, for those who don't know, I'm basically promising the buyer that I will buy their shares at 17.50 at any point in time in the next 50 days. And by the way, it does not have to be below that. It'd be, it'd be idiotic for them to give me the shares um, before then. But um, if, if I get assigned the shares, the, the that trade with all of its losses would disappear if price was falling and instead of it i will have shares at a base cost of 1750 however i keep i keep my dollar so my break-even point is 1650 not the end of the world for a good company i wanted to own so that's the type of style of trading so here 
you would buy a call. You said you buy calls or call spreads? Calls. Okay. So do you have a specific delta you usually chase? Like how much hopium do you put into your calls? Um, I don't really look like specifically at the delta. Ah, okay. It, yeah. So I suggest uh, you do a few things as a method. Number one, have a stop when you get in. Say, if I go down 20%, I'm out, or whatever percent you're comfortable with. Um, have a reason to take the trade. Like, oh, it felt good. No, it's falling into support. That's a reason. It's breaking out from, from prior resistance. That's another reason. I did homework. I found something out that most people don't know about. That's another reason. Now, I think it's going to go up is not a reason. You have to have, I think it's going to go up. Why? And if you do that, those things, you're on your way to better successes as a method of trading. Now, the second part is when you're buying, okay, it's all about odds in here. And if you don't have the delta column on your options chain, you should have it. Uh, it's like the most important one on there because it tells you what your odds are. So if you're buying this one, uh, the odds are against you. It's got a, about a 25% chance of success, roughly. If you're buying this one, the, the delta is 0.5-ish. Therefore, it's a coin flip. You're, you have good odds. All you need is a move. You don't need a big move. You just need a move, and you're participating. So stick to deltas that are above 30. If you buy anything below 30, you're starting off with a with needing a, a, a substantial move to make money. Also, right. So go ahead. I was just going to say, so I'll put together a watch list of maybe five stocks that I – uh, you know, want to trade options on that I can kind of monitor those stocks and, and try to implement some of these strategies. Because like you said, my my way of doing it with essentially just buying calls or puts and hoping isn't sustainable. Well, if you're lucky, you could make it work. In an upward moving market, like from the bottom of the pandemic, everybody made money. You, you right. whatever, whatever you bought went well, up. Well, that's actually how, how I started trading options was yeah. before that. I was watching what was going on around the world, saw the news coming out of Italy, and I would turn on CNBC and they would say, oh, don't worry about it. COVID-19 is not coming here. Don't sell your stocks. And I was like, well, bullshit. And I went out and bought <laughs> I, I had, uh, Nick, I'll tell you what, I had about $800 yeah. in my Robinhood account that I transferred from my checking account. I was working at a golf course at the time in college and yeah. turned that $800 into about 10 grand after buying all these puts on, on you know, Darden, uh, Exxon, like these different oil companies. Smart. And I was like, this is easy. I can do that. I was making like <laughs> two grand a day um, short everything, and I kept everything short. And when the market turned around, I ended up losing a good chunk of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's one so, of those situations where you, you do it once at the beginning and you think you're an expert. So let me, let me amend my method to you. You put a stop loss and a stop gain, if you want to call it that. So I like for crypto, I'm trading crypto. I'm not an expert in crypto. I'm just trading the charts and I've had good success. I've missed out on upside. So if I bought something and it moves 30%, I book it and I'm okay with it going to, uh, you know, uh, doubling without me. I'm totally okay with that. So if you do that, then they can't take away those profits from you. At least take the um, initial investment out. So add that to your, you know, must do this. You have to have a system in order to be successful if you want to do this, um, not as a job, but like a pro. You, you, you want pro habits. How about this? You want to have the professional habits in order to have better successes. And be, somebody use, um, you know, don't be a sheeple. Yeah, you know, that's a word we made up in our chat room. I think 
Dave in my chat room and I were chatting one time. We came up with it. Sheeple. Uh, it's like people who just follow the herd. Um, in options, that's a sure way of guaranteeing you nothing better than mediocre results at best and being the last person in and, and the last person out. So do your homework and um, have a set system. So uh, here's the thing. I've been trading this stuff for a long, long time. So I've seen stents where, you know, pops are sold rather than dips are bought. And if you buy calls and nothing but calls, it's extremely hard to actually make money and frustrating even on up days. So if I sold a put and you bought a call and the stock market takes two or three days down, uh, my put may be in trouble, but all I need is stabilization and I'm okay. You actually need stabilization and an immediate recovery, otherwise your calls are dead. So um, these days, just buying calls um, is very dangerous. Buying a call spread is better. And by the way, when the VIX is up that high, buying anything is expensive. So let's say you buy a call. Tomorrow, the markets roar. The VIX collapses. Much of that call premium disappears and you're saying, why am I not making more money on my calls? That's because they were offset by the crush of the VIX. So buying single so legs is expensive. To neutralize it, you do a spread because you're buying something and uh, you're selling something else also expensive. So that expensive part goes away, gets neutralized to a degree. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I think out of all the different variables to look at when putting on some of these uh, contracts, at least for myself, the VIX is one that to me um, is important and it kind of like inherently makes sense, right? If VIX is high, that's going to raise the implied volatility, which is going to make the contract I think more the, expensive. This, the VIX is priced off the options prices. So it's like chicken egg thing. Right. <laughs> so the, okay. the VIX is priced off sense. the options. So yeah, a high VIX means that everything is expensive. So um Take advantage of that. Uh, you, you mentioned implied volatility, and, and I mentioned Chewy. Let's marry those two comments. So earlier somebody said, is this a good time to buy Chewy? And here's my, my re response on that. Um, I said, uh, alone, sure, it's falling into support, but I would stop out at this. Um, so this is a buyable dip, but you have to consider one, two things. One, the, the overall uh, markets, they're having a tizzy. I think we'll shake it off. And uh, so you can take along, but you don't go all in because your conviction should be penalized right away on purpose by design. Hey, I think I'm right, but what the hell's going on with this goddamn market? So I need to leave a question mark. And second, it's that E there. So what do you know that that's going to tell you what people are going to do? The the earnings reports have crushed last year's performance. Uh, there's hardly one bad earnings report. What the rea and reactions are so negative. Um, on on all, most big stocks have fallen severely on really powerful results, absolute results. Like the point of being in business is to do better than last year. I didn't see one company that didn't crush that. Uh, and and Zoom. the year before that, Zoom grew. If you look at sales, they grew by a lot. So, but the stock was still down like 20%. Yeah, because okay, I see what you're saying. So, Zoom, that, I'll tell you a little bit something about Zoom. But anyway, so the let's finish this train of thought. The earnings report is coming up. So, that makes it a coin flip overnight. I can't tell you how people are going to react to it, how the machines will trade it the day after, not even the CEO. They know the results, they know what they're going to say in the call. They have no clue what, what the market's going to do with it. 
So it's a coin flip overnight. So why should I go and take a big bet on Chewy? Um, so I shouldn't pay, buy a call. Like somebody, what is it? This is Chewy. Look, today somebody lost 10% uh, of their money on a 2% drop for January if they bought calls yesterday. So if they bought, if they bought a call spread, the pain would be much smaller out of pockets. Okay, it's limited upside, but when you have so many questions, you can't be emphatic that it's up, up, and away. There's no way. I mean, that's not healthy. Um, overall, in the long term, in a normal market, the best results is um, are when you follow a system and you, you are balanced. I want to say in the last week, just before the market started falling, I sent out a note. I share trades and uh, almost daily. And one of the videos said, okay, there's no trade today. I want to remind you of how to buy insurance for your, for your portfolio. You buy a VIX call at at current price. That was before the spike. So whoever did that, they they had a huge profit to offset some of the losses just from the VIX. I said, if you can't deal with the VIX because I don't think it's available on all platforms, then I would buy a debit put spread in the SPY and it's all in the money now. Um, so, and then I sent it again, like a couple of days later and those trades also yielded profits. So you have to keep balance in your book. Otherwise you're, um, too one-sided and you probably not you personally, but you probably haven't been trading long enough to see stents where they don't bounce even when it makes sense. Right. Um, yeah, I got a couple things. We've only got about, got about four minutes left up, but I like how a what? little, what? Couple, I know time <laughs> flies when you're having fun. Um, a couple minutes ago, you, you said something about essentially having like a stop on the on the upside as well, which is something yep. that I know I could have benefited from at times because there'll be times where I'm watching an options contract that I have that's up 50, 60, 70 percent and I get greedy and I hold on to it. And the next day it's down. I'm actually losing money on it. I'll use the SPX example. But earlier, a few hours ago, I said, I'm taking this trade using the SPX, except I'm selling a put spread, not buying calls. People in the chat room, most of them bought calls. A few of them sold a put spread as well. I said, when it got to here, I said, I have half my maximum profits already. I'm either taking it off or selling a call spread against it to make it into an iron condor for tomorrow. I said, if you like drama, you can do that and capture potentially more money, reduce the amount of money at risk but then you have to deal with it tomorrow during expiration day. So yes, you have to set a target. So put what suits your personality. I'm conservative and I'm okay seeing something run without me. Some people it's like they're allergic to it. No, I can't do it. So, I, I think I need to get in that mode because if you rack up those 10, 20, 30% gain winners, it doesn't matter if you miss out on one hundred percent winner because you're gonna have the you're yeah. gonna have the, the accumulation of all those, you know, let's say fifteen percent winners. If you have I don't know, say two 15% winners a week, then you're looking at 30% a week. You're beating the markets by hundreds of a percent. I'll give you, if you want to trade weekly, I share like 10 iron condors a week, eight to 10. I skipped them this week uh, uh, because of obvious reasons. Um, but those will bring in weekly income if somebody's active. And for me, I would specialize in one, like the SPX. And you sell a put spread, you sell a call spread, both statistically viable at about 85%. And you need you really need an outstanding week in, in movement to lose. And if you do lose, it's finite. And if you do it over a whole year, they work 80 to 95 percent of the time. So uh, they're worth the trouble, but they're not for everybody. So, yeah, you need a system. You need the target exit point, whether it's bad or good. 
Otherwise, how do you know when to get out? That's where you get caught with your, you had so many profits from your puts and you didn't take them. Then you ended up flipping them. Right. All right. My last question for you, Nick, is um, so can you go ahead and pull up Robinhood's chart ticker hood? Oh, yeah. So So, for a stock like this where you don't have previous support and resistance levels, do you just like stay away from that? Or how do you find, okay, this, this could be a good time to go long? Okay. So usually I need to look left and see where it stopped last. In this case, it or AI, which I had questions about today, they're falling machetes and they, there's nothing to refer. Right. There, there's no reference. So uh, the stop point was here. And this tells us it has downside. And the, the downside size it tells us is enormous because of this enormous Skype. So I usually just cut that out and say that it probably could could fall into the low teens before they, they're satisfied. Now, if I'm long the stock, it's too late to quite panic out of it. Uh, if I want to get long the stock, I should acknowledge that it is a falling machete, therefore a speculative bet. And uh, I should take a risk on it if I want to, but say if it goes against me 20, 30%, 15, whatever you're comfortable with, I should be out regardless of how tempting it is to Oh, oh, and and the biggest rule in your rule book should be, I don't average down. Okay? This means you make your problem bigger. If you want to average down, instead, average in. So if you usually take 10 contracts, take five, leaving room to add lower. Therefore, you're not increasing risk. You're just diffusing the risk. Averaging in is fine. Averaging down, I don't know any professional traders that do it. Like real I, I love that because we talk about dollar cost averaging a lot when buying shares, and I don't think we talk about it enough when, when we're talking about options. So I love that you incorporate that. Um, Nick, I've got the links in the chat to both the Inner Circle chat room, which is within Benzinga Pro, as well as the Premium Ideas, which is a newsletter. Uh, we do have a special going on today on both of those products. So go check those out if you're interested in getting more information from Nick. I encourage you to trade with friends, uh, make up your own group, join a successful group. Our group is growing in total fun. There's not one jerk in there. Well, except for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> some... <laughs> but everybody's saying, oh, shit, you mentioned me. No. <laughs> All right. I appreciate this. This is fun. I can't believe it. It's gone. What? I know. I know. I know. We'll get you back on next week. Uh, well, actually, no, next, I think week next week is, is you guys are having something else. So it's still yeah, we have now. a small cap conference. So the following week or maybe we'll find a day next week that we can yeah, get you on. Because I'm here. I- I love, this, me. I love this content. I know we have uh, our audience loves it as well. So We're next time, tra- next time, next time, we should just do a fast fire chart session. I'm always up it. for that. Yeah, let's I'm do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have everyone throw uh, tickers in the chat. We'll bring up charts. We'll see what Nick sees. We'll we'll see yeah. how he would play those with options. Yep. Um. Again, like Nick said, find a group to trade with. You know, and and not just some. A uh, group of a bunch of me's where everyone's talking about YOLO trading this put or this call. Find a group that really wants to learn, wants to learn a better strategy, wants to learn how to become sustainable uh, winning trades. I saw someone through a comment in, in the chat a while ago about, um, you know, TA isn't going to be 100%. Of course not. Any any serious technical analysis will not tell you that this is 100%. No. It's not about being 100%. It's about nope. winning more than you're losing. It's about avoiding the major mistakes and having a thesis. You know, this is it works on three month chart. This was the DAX. It works on five minute charts, which is what I just showed you with the SPY. It's the same concept.
Beautiful. All right, Nick. Well, thank you for joining us. Like I said, I, I look forward to getting you back on again soon. Absolutely. Um, I, I know you're going to take me to the promised land of becoming a better <laughs> options trader. And there are uh, some folks out there as well that might want to join us on that journey. You have my contact info. Hit me up. I will. Will do. All right, guys, that was Nick Shaheen. Like I said, if, you, if you're interested in joining the uh, group, it's in the chat as well as the newsletter. We got to wrap. It's time for the Roadmap, our very own NFT show. Real quick before we go, I'm going to ask you guys one last time to smash that like if you have not already. Um, as well as if you missed it earlier, we put out an ask for... Um, some free Benzinga swag. So if you want some free Benzinga swag, essentially all you have to do is send an email to your brokerage telling them how much you enjoy reading Benzinga news, how you want to see more Benzinga news. Um, then you send us an email with a screenshot of that to shows at Benzinga.com. I'm throwing that in the chat and we will send you a free piece of swag from our swag store. We've got some nice ugly Christmas sweaters, some Benzinga beanies, so some good swag for the wintertime. Um, all right, y'all, one last time, smash the like. You want a free piece of swag, email email Robinhood. Not email them. Submit a contact, email us, um, and, we'll, and we'll get you that swag. All right, guys, stick around for the roadmap. This stream will automatically redirect you. Peace and love. I will see you guys tomorrow. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.